Hi, my name is Maddie Van Kieran. I'm the host of Dietitian Talks. I'm a recruiter for NutriCo as well as a registered dietitian. This is a weekly podcast that covers a variety of topics that include day in the life as a dietitian, different career paths, academics, which we're really going to focus on today, advice for new RDs, and so much more. Every week we will interview a different RD. This week I'm interviewing Dr. Norman Horde. Um, and our main topic is going to be requiring RDs to have a master's degree uh, in 2024. And he has a lot of really good insight on this, so I'm really excited. So if you can, give us an introduction to yourself, your current position. Thanks, Maddie. It's great to be here with you today. Um, right now, I serve as the professor and chair or, or department head, Department of Nutritional Sciences at Oklahoma State University. Um, most recently, I've served as a department chair at the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center, uh, also in the Department of Nutritional Sciences. And before that, had school head roles at Oregon State University and faculty position at Michigan State. So yes, uh, lots of experience in dietetic education uh, uh, for, this, uh, for this podcast. Yeah. So how many years total have you been in academics so far? Oh, a long time, Maddie. I became a registered dietitian in 1988. Okay. Wow. So has all the requirements changed like immensely since you started out in the career or in the field? I, I would say they've changed to different forms. When I did my degree, I did something called a master's AP4 program, uh, approved pre-professional practice program. Um, which uh, looks a lot like um, maybe a combined program today, uh, Maddie, like you have done at University of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, so they've changed uh, a lot. Um, but you know, this business of a required master's, you know, we decided to do that as a profession in 2013. Wow. And we decided to do this in 2013 after five years of work with the Council on Future Practice and having national meetings and regional meetings over what's best for the profession. And I was part of the Council on Future Practice uh, regional groups in, the, in that period, you know, to consider what we should do. Um, to, to, to put it all in a nutshell, uh, we were talking about not becoming just, uh, we were becoming more medicalized and should we become more medical nutrition therapy focused and maybe leave food and culinary stuff behind. At the end of the day, Maddie, I think we decided not make any hard decisions and i think rd education today is still very very broad in terms of what you're expected to know yeah but maybe not very deep and so like all other allied health professions they've went to required graduate degrees okay. occupational therapy physical therapy pharmacy they've all done this and we thought we needed to follow in the footsteps and maybe maybe salaries would follow and maybe elevating it to a graduate degree, we would train people better. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself would assist in sort of helping us get better salaries and be more competent. So I think that was the idea back in 2013 when this decision was made. Folks had a long time to get ready for this, like programs had time to get ready. Yeah, because that was but, almost 10 years ago. Yes, but 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 there's still um, tons of DPD programs at the undergraduate level, yeah. and you know tons of DI programs, which will have much less students applying in this new world where 
most of the programs are going to be a, a seamless one-step program like you did, Maddie, at University of Oklahoma, where you did your classes and your supervised practice at the same time. The same time, yeah. So can we take a step back really quick and explain? So originally, to become a dietitian, a master's was not required, correct? Correct. You okay. had to have a bachelor, uh, usually a bachelor of science degree. It could be a BA okay. degree in which okay. you met the didactic program for dietetics uh, uh, requirements. Okay. Uh, you get a verification statement after that, and then you apply for uh, internships through a national match process, uh, much okay. like medical education. You would match to an internship, and then with that bachelor's degree plus supervised practice in the internship, you could then sit for the registration examination for dietitians. Okay. And so now what they're adding, which they started in 2020 or 2013, doesn't go into effect until January 1st, 2024, is that you have to have a master's to even sit for the exam, correct? That's correct. Okay. And can you speak a little bit on how that's working if you're going to be grandfathered in? So is, do you know, is there an expectation? So say, you know, an RD just finished their program maybe in like November and they want to take their exam in January or February. Do they need a master's or are they able to just take it? No, they're able to take the exam. There's no expectation that they have a master's degree. They okay. have the same RD credential. Um, uh, but a lot of uh, university programs across the country, um, including you know where I've been, have said, let's try to capture some of those RDs who are, who are trained at the bachelor's level. Let's offer them the master's degree, maybe an online program. And yeah. let's get them to that what's now or as of next year, a minimal, a minimal credential to be an RD. Yep, and that's what so, I did in our program. I had a bachelor's already and then it's so that worked for me. Um, so I'm really interested to hear, you know, you sent me that great, um, those slides from Fency that I read over. So kind of tell me what is your professional opinion on this and why do you think, you know, it was being, it's being pushed so hard and it is going into effect? Well, again, I think that there was an expectation that we want to raise the salaries and the, and the level of competence in the profession. So a graduate degree, would be would be necessary. So we felt like we had to do it. Um, so do you personally think requiring that masters will make it so programs are more in person? Um, kind of speak on that. I think the quality of the program, regardless of whether it's in person or hybrid or, or, or online, yeah. will be better. I, okay. I, I really do. Now, um, did creating this required masters did it um, did it create a barrier for sure you know it did and 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 it, and, it, and it has affected somewhat the people coming into the profession you know okay. in terms of the numbers of individuals coming into our into our profession um, but I do think there are a lot of options for folks out there uh, in terms of uh, the modality you want to take it yeah uh, so um, including, you know, most of the, uh, the, well, all of the practice doctorates that are out there right now um, in, in dietetics, and they're good programs, they're all online. Um, actually, not one of them is, is, is an in-person residence type program. So I think you can get a quality education. I am in favor of it. Uh, I do think it will enhance the quality of graduates but it's definitely created a barrier that I think that has affected the available 
the workforce, you know, the available workforce in dietetics. And what do you think the barriers are? Less people, you know, are able to get a master's, not wanting to apply for a master's degree. I think it's the, the, the factors are really, really broad. The biggest one is demographics. Yep. You know, about 20 years ago, the number of uh, uh, individuals having children dropped. Uh, having children became more expensive. It became a it became a decision that was became more difficult for parents uh, uh, to, uh, to make. So there are actually a lot less kids coming out of high school starting in about three to four years than um, than there were in the past. So we're actually going to have less people coming to the university because there's less people coming out of high school. So mm -hmm. that's one thing, a big demographic shift. The second thing is, you know, when you come out of high school now, you have a lot of choices about what what you could get trained in to have a good a good paying position. And some vocations, um, maybe it's maybe automotive or other trades, they pay well, but you only have to invest a year or two you know, in your, in your education. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I think that's huge. Um, you know, even faculty, faculty make good salaries, but people in the trades do just as well. And they didn't have to get an, a bachelor's, master's, PhD to get there. So, so yeah. I think there's a lot of competition for that student, you know, these days that wasn't there 15 years ago. Yeah. I agree. Um, kind of makes it a little bit like more competitive now, I guess you could say in a sense. Um, and I was curious from the slides you sent me when I was reading them over, it looked like this requirement, the master's degree, from my understanding, was that it's decreasing the pass rate of the RD exam. Well, the master's hasn't been enforced yet. I mean, yeah. that doesn't start until 2024. Yeah. So this hasn't affected the pass rate. Yeah. What's affected the pass rate is the proliferation of large programs, unsupervised, I would say unsupervised programs that have large enrollments. I don't yeah. know, Mandy, think about your experience when you had 20 people in your class. What if there were 150? Yeah, it would be overwhelming. And, you know, and the quality of, of the, the faculty supervision of what you would do in that situation is, is just much less, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that and, and other reasons have, have um, has affected the pass rate, but it's very clear nationally that when, when new graduates go out into facilities now, they are broadly perceived to be less well prepared than they were 10 years ago. Okay. I mean, that's not to say that places like University of Oklahoma or or Michigan State aren't doing as good a job, but the perception is, is that students aren't as well prepared. Yeah. So that's exciting to hear though, that you do believe requiring this master's will prepare them a little bit more, kind of bring things back. Yeah. But the point you wanted to discuss, Maddie, was, you know, this master's doesn't have to be in dietetics. Yes, I wanted to ask that as well. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of us have a, a have an opinion about it that's maybe not so uh, positive, but I think what it comes down to is um, the academy and, and ascend and CDR, you know, our accrediting body in the in, in the profession didn't want to make the difficult decision to restrict 
pathways to become an RD. Mm -hmm. So they allowed a master's degree in business or a master's degree in in other areas to suffice as long as you have all of those requirements uh, to sit for the RD exam, meaning meaning the coursework and the supervised practice. Yeah, um, I know that would be very interesting. I'm curious your take on, do you think this will have more people enter programs like the one I did, a coordinated program where I get my master's, you know, in dietetics, or do you think it's going to be a lot more of someone, you know, getting a master's in business or something obviously not related to dietetics and then pursuing that field, the dietetics? If I were to guess, I would say in 10 years, when we look at the achievements of these folks that that went to a program like yours that was intense, that was an integrated program, two years. Um, I think those folks will generally do better than people who weren't trained in a dietetics field for at, at the graduate level. Obviously, there's going to be very bright, accomplished people who got degrees or maybe even PhDs in other areas who are going to do fine. Yeah. But I think those those people who are pursuing uh, without a without the training in dietetics. They've got to go back and get all those courses that you took prior to starting into um, their supervised practice. Yeah. So, so I think we're going to create two different pools of people. Yeah, it will be interesting. So do you think this is good for diversifying the field at least? You know, yes, I, I, I do. And, and so maybe, you know, uh, taking a step back, maybe, um, maybe that is a value in and of itself that we should acknowledge, you know, and, and, and um, maybe programs that um, maybe are less intense or less clinically focused or, or whatever, um, create or attract a different type of student with different personalities and with different skill sets. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great, you know, personally for the field. I think that's awesome to see. Um, and then I also wanted to touch on this. So from what you had sent me, these slides, I was also reading it over, and it, it's really interesting. It was projected that there will need to be around 5,600 RDs in 2024 um, to fill the demands. And it looks like this number is not going to be met. So as we discussed, you know, requiring the masters may affect how many people do become RDs. Besides that, what do you think, you know, being in the academic field that we can do as dietitians or just in the field in general to make this profession more appealing and increase the number of RDs to fill those demands? Oh, Maddie, I can tell you what we're doing. Um, we're reaching down to younger and younger ages down into junior high school. Uh, we're inviting them to campus. We're inviting them to camps in the summer. Uh, we're inviting them up for a day during the school year. We're doing fun things with them in a classroom. We're showing them our labs. Um, we're trying to show them what it's like to be in a university environment so they could see themselves here. So for us, it means recruiting at younger and younger ages to get them interested, you know, in serving the public through nutrition. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and so it's it's different right i mean we didn't used to have to engage in this level of recruiting but it is the reality it's a demographic reality that we we are going to face um so we're having to recruit um those people at younger ages 
and we're going to have to go after the adult learner, uh, maybe degree completion, people who never completed their bachelor's degree, and go after those folks and see if they want to want to enroll and complete their bachelor's, maybe go on for a master's, you know, in our field. So it's, a, it's the world has changed and we have to change with it. Yeah, I love that. I think definitely getting, you know, creative. And I do think I've always felt like this, you know, dietetics is already hidden enough. Like I didn't find out about it until I was a senior in undergrad. Like I didn't even understand really what it was. And then it took me a year to fully understand all the steps. So I definitely yeah. understand that. Well, the last thing I kind of want to touch on is obviously, you know, you have a great career in academics. You've seen a lot, been in a lot of different places. What is your favorite thing about being a leader in academics? And what's kind of, you know, your favorite part about being an influential part of a future RD's education? And I will say, you know, you had a huge impact in my education. So I'm curious to hear. Well, thank you for that. I, I think the, the, the thing about doing what I do and what faculty do is um, there's a great variety in what we do. So. Uh, I have a research program. Um, we just are, we're in the midst of getting a paper accepted at a journal, for example, where we are proposing uh, nitrate in plant foods as a conditionally essential nutrient. And it's going to be published in a, in, a, in a top journal in our field. So I get to do things like that. And that paper is written with um, five of my former uh, students and three of them PhD students. So even after we sort of we don't work together as as in an academic setting, we continue to collaborate and write papers together um, as a group. So that's a lot of fun. Um, I, I think working around people that are younger than myself is fun. Uh, among those three uh, PhD students, I I got to go to three three weddings. Um, so that's you awesome. know, just be a wonderful part of their their life in that way. Um, the teaching is fun. I think um, the generations are changing as we've been we've been discussing, and mm -hmm. so it's kind of challenging for us to sort of keep up with that and, and yeah. address the needs of our learners. And um, yeah, just being in a university, especially a big undergraduate university, there's a lot of great energy. And um, yeah, so uh, those are those are a couple of parts of my job that I really really like. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I think we have covered everything so far. We really, really appreciate you coming on and so much great insight. I'm really excited for people to listen to this one. I think there's been a lot of confusion around the master's requirement, why they're requiring it. So I think this will be super, super helpful for a lot of people. Well, thank you for inviting me, Maddie. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.